Hey guys, I'm Jackie Brubaker, your host of That Girl, the podcast. I'm an author, performer, two-time Emmy Award winner, human relationship specialist, and founder of the wellness website, loveyouevenmore.com. Each week, I bring on inspiring people and experts in their field to have powerful, motivational, and enlightened conversations about relationships, self-development, and how you can live your most authentic life. Follow us for daily updates on myself and the podcast at That Girl the Podcast and at Jackie Brubaker on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and our Patreon page. While you're at it, make sure to check out my new wellness website, loveyouevenmore.com. If you're wanting to dig into developing more self-worth, be healthier about relationships, and learn how to date smarter, go to loveyouevenmore.com and follow us on Instagram at loveyouevenmore. Welcome, Lisa Van Lu, to That Girl, the podcast. I am so excited to have you on today. We're going to get into it. But before we get into that, Lisa is a relationship and dating coach. She is huge on TikTok. She makes amazing videos. If you are trying to hack relationships, dating, all of this stuff, she is on it. She is on it. I love this girl. I found you on TikTok and was like, I need to reach out to her. I like her. (laughs) So today we are going to talk about what is happening with, mm, how do we help me with the title? Let's, let's figure out the title because it's a lot. It's kind of heated. Um, I, I mean, I don't even know. It's like so many things. I think it's truly like a shift in the dating culture Mm -hmm. and awareness of sort of our like misogynistic culture that's happening Mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. I think women are tired. Yeah. Yeah. Like tired. If that's, if that's like, you know, in a nutshell, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's about, we're going to talk about women speaking up for themselves, going after what they really want, making sure that we are shutting down inappropriate behavior with men. So yeah, it's going to be kind of a feministy uh, episode. So that's what we're doing today. <laughs> but first, <laughs> um, I did kind of give you an intro, but explain even more of who you are and what you do so people can get to know you better. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And like I was saying, it was like, kind of kismet when you landed into my inbox and um, I've always wanted to do more podcasts and more, more stuff. So I'm, I'm loving looking at your show and, and your content too. Um, I got started as a dating coach. I actually started about two years ago, um, you know, built my blog and started, you know, um, going down the TikTok, you know, spiral and building content. And at the same time too, I was progressing in my own relationship. So I struggled with dating for a very long time, most of my life. Um, you know, dated in New York City for almost a decade. And That's so I've, <laughs> I've dated every single type of guy. Um, I've dated a lot. So I hope that other people don't have to go through what I went through. But um, yeah, I sort of hacked my own brain and figured out what I was doing wrong and how I could find a true committed relationship that I wanted that I constantly struggled to find. And, um, and now I'm getting married in September and, you know, we're super excited about that. So I, I'm really open and vulnerable on online and social. I use a lot of my own story and just, you know, from my memories and experiences and it's resonated, which is great, you know? And so I, I get really, you know, fulfilled by helping other women. And, you know, I've even had some men asking for help and I'm like, you guys are on your own right now, but um, you know, there's a lot going on. And I think dating yeah. and is getting more complex um, you know, the, with the, you know, digital era and dating apps and, you know, and, um, how busy everybody is, it's just, it's challenging. So I hope to, to be a good support for, you know, for my community. Right. I I think you are, you're doing great work. You're also very funny. So that makes it nice too. (laughs) (laughs) While it can all be very heavy with dating and, you know, heartbreak and all of this stuff, like you actually bring some humor to it, which I think is always very helpful. Um, so we decided to do this cause I was like, I've had in the last two weeks, a lot of triggers with men and pushback and misogyny, really, um, critical, you know, comments, all kind of things. And it just really came to a head this morning. Even I was like, God, like this is intense. And I hate dating apps, but once on a blue moon, I will jump on just in case my soulmate is there. And most times he's not, but I try anyway. I'm like, let me look. And um, 
basically in a nutshell, you know, I had barely spoken to this person. I had sent like one or two texts and he was like coming on strong with a like, let's plan a date. How about this day? Let's go here. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, text, 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 text. And I was just like, good God. Like, I don't even know if I want to like go out with you, much less like date anyone right now. So I wasn't responding. And then I like looked this morning at the conversation he was basically having with himself at this point. And he's Mm -hmm. just like, last chance that to go out with me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, just calm down. And then he says, and this is a first, he says, are you even a real person? If you're a bot, I will report. And I was like, Whoa. Now I've heard, I coach men on dating actually. And I love coaching men on dating. Yes. So I help, usually I help really nice guys who don't have very good game or like, just don't know how to like be with women actually get a girl in like a nice guy way, but without, you know, with some sweat. Right. So I get it. I do understand the other side somewhat, but I was like, I'm not, I've never I've never been asked if I'm a bot. So I'm like, okay, like I know that's a thing in the dating world and guys are getting, you know, hit up by like, I don't know, companies that just basically want to take their money. Cool. I get it. And so I respond to this guy at 7.15 in the morning because I'm just like, Jesus. And I'm like, no, I'm not a bot. I've just been contemplating whether or not I want to be dating right now. Um, I'm kind of going through a lot. Sorry if I confused you. And then I take a moment And I suddenly feel after these two weeks of being quite triggered by men who are clearly trying to get the better of me. And I'm like, wait, hold on. Like something's, something feels really wrong. Like in my gut, just everything is like, something's wrong. And so I go for the record, you know, just because someone's not responding doesn't mean they're a bot. It could mean that they're busy or they're not interested I think that you should, you know, you were coming on really strong. You should maybe look at your own actions before just assuming that the woman is at fault, that you're suddenly victimized here. Now, again, for my male listeners who are listening, I understand it's rough out there. There are companies trying to get you, but most of us are not. And the Mm -hmm. fact that he was just so, oh, and then he does respond immediately, which was shocking. He's like, oh, cool. Good to know. Like, do you still want to go out? I'd still love to take you out. And I was like, okay, no, (laughs) Um, clearly you're a glutton for punishment, but also like, did you not just read the signs? I just told you, I'm not even sure if I want to date anyone. And also you're coming on super strong. And he says, I don't know how I'm coming on strong, which that's his stuff. Right. So I'm like, you know what? I don't think this is a good match. Good luck to you. I know it sucks out there. And then he just deletes me, which is fine because I deleted myself off the app. I was like, no, thank you. We're good. I'm going to keep doing it in person. But it, man, it just triggered me. And I was like, what happened? And I, this is what we're talking about. What happened was that suddenly I felt that it was my responsibility to make him feel better for something mm-hmm. he made up in his mind that had nothing to do with me. And I, as a woman and as women, we are the nurturers. We are the caretakers. We want to make sure you're okay. Even if we don't know you, God forbid we hurt your feelings. I was suddenly in a, like, oh, I'm so sorry if I made you feel that way. And then I like stepped back because everything in my body was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) And my whole body was like, no, stand up for yourself. And as a, you know, in a personal note, And then I'm almost done with this. And then you can absolutely talk (laughs) on a personal note. It was super triggering to me because I had a very critical father who, if I ever spoke up on anything would just, you know, be super critical and scary. So that's terrifying as a woman. And also as women, our greatest fear is that we will be killed by men. I'm sorry. That's inherently how we feel. Like, please don't kill me as I walk to my car or if I say something to you. So I, you know, I I had to look at my text of the whole, like, you know, for the record, like you were coming on strong. I was like, is that too much? Like, is that too much? And it wasn't, it was a boundary, but it was terrifying because I was so deeply triggered. So there's that. So that's (laughs) what's up, right? Like that is a very small microcosm of dating, but it's the full 
version, I think, of what women are feeling, especially right now since Roe v. Wade, et cetera. Take the yes. Take the mic. <laughs> and that's a lot, and I think you know people have you know the DDMs can be tough. I think that I'm very big on like using it as a tool. So mm-hmm. when you like are 100 percent sure, like I'm ready to date, I'm going to use it to meet people. Period. Like and not spending a lot of time, like not spending a lot of time chatting because there's just you know it's just a waste of your energy, and it's like right. get the people in person. But I think there's a lot going on here. And obviously with, you know, I, I almost like lost my mind a few weeks ago with the Roe v. Wade stuff. I've always been very open and honest about my own experience with abortion and women's rights. And it's always been a part of who I am, but it almost, I had this like epiphany and something that I had a, um, a follower mention something to me before was like, you never really talk about men. Like you don't really talk about the misogynistic culture or their behavior, how they need to shape up. And I was sort of like, well, I'm a, I'm a coach that helps women and we can't control their behavior, but I'm going to try to help you navigate through the, you know, the climate that we're dealing with. But ever since Roe v. Wade, I sort of had like a wake up moment where it's, it's much bigger than, you know, yeah. than what we think, you know, I think it's pretty obvious what our, in our culture um, thinks of us as, you know, yeah. maybe making second class citizens. Yeah. And so it really has shifted my mindset, even as a coach. Um, so I, and I picked up this book that my grandma had and I shared on Instagram recently, she recently passed away and the book is called the Cinderella complex. And Oh my God. Already. I already relate. (laughs) Oh my God. I was just talking about that. Like 10 minutes ago, I was like, I literally feel like a Cinderella and I know I'm not alone in that. Go on. It was written in 1980, but as I picked up the book, and it had been sitting on my nightstand for a while, and you know, you just like, things happen for a reason. I picked it up with everything going on, and it's all about the way as women, we are conditioned since we're, since caveman years, since we were born, to be dependent on men. And I think that through evolution, our roles as women, like you said, have been the nurturers, have been, you know, there to sort of um, be the deep thinkers, be the emotional, emotional intelligence side. And I actually got into a conversation with my own father about this. So I'm talking about daddy, daddy issues, whether or not you've had a good dad, you have daddy issues. We all do. And, and mommy issues too. And we were really talking about, you know, he's on this kind of train of um, toxic masculinity and very confused, like men can't be masculine anymore, all this stuff. And I'm yeah. like, that's not the case. The problem now is that there's so much more information available to men that we are, as women, I think, are no longer willing to accept this toxic masculinity. It's just unacceptable. And just like, you know, all of us have had trauma. We all have things that happened to us. We all have been raised in certain ways. And so we, as you can't, you know, everybody's got their shit. Yep. But Once you're an adult, it is your responsibility to learn how to emotionally regulate yourself. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe men are behind in this category. Like they really are. And just like what you said, the man who, you know, you're feeling guilty, you're feeling like, you know, responsible for his emotions because women have been responsible for men's like, you know, egos. Yep. That's the end of time. And, you know, we are the more emotionally intelligent you know, creatures, men are the ones that used to go to battle. So, you know, I think that there's just, you know, in this modern world where women are staking their claim as truly equals, men are having a hard time with it. And it is harder out there for dating. You have to be so much more clear about what you want and unwilling to, to entertain anybody who isn't going to, who isn't going to meet you at, you know, where you need them to, and be willing to speak your needs, speak your boundaries and walk away from people. Because yeah. I think what we've been taught, and especially I think even as young girls with daddies who may have had, you know, large personalities, we were taught to, you know, soothe their, their emotional needs before our own. And that's where we come up with the people pleasing and all these sorts of things. And it's this really weird dichotomy with those fathers where you were so, de- I mean, at least for myself, so dependent on him for so long. Mm-hmm. And then it's like something has shifted now where I don't necessarily need you anymore. And I want to be seen as an equal to you, but you're still my dad. You know, it's, it's a very, yeah. that relationship is really interesting. So I definitely think it right. plays into the way that we show up in dating. 
But I think women are just sick of what's going on. They're sick of it. And I mean, I know I can see it online that the comments that pour in most of the time, the negativity, the trolls, it's, it's men coming in with their shallow egos. They're, you know, they're uncomfortable with this dichotomy and they, they no longer have this upper hand in dating that they had for so long because women are just sick of it. And women don't need them. You no. don't need a partner. You don't need a man. We would want one, but we have to be so much more conscious of who we're choosing to be that partner because it's just, you know, it's, it's exactly what you've seen, you know, in, with that guy. It's like, you can't be responsible for soothing his, his needs and his emotions or his inept ability to read the situation, you know? Exactly. His emotional immaturity. I mean, there is such a strong um, distance or there's such a huge Mm -hmm. distance between the maturity of men and women. And listen, this is not all men and this is not all women. There's lots of immaturity on both sides. But let's just talk about the emotionally more mature, trying to be better humans every day woman who is like, why can't I meet someone who's at least on my level? Like, can't Mm -hmm. we just mutually respect each other? Can't we both be growing with each other and with ourselves trying to figure our shit out? And like, that's Mm -hmm. it, you know? But it is, it is so, and like- this is true. And they, they have said this for, you know, years and studies. I'm sorry, the more <laughs> educated, the smarter a woman is, the mm-hmm. tinier her, her dating pool becomes yes. because yes. there are so few people that can meet her there, which is why we do see so many of these like boss babes and like amazing women out there who you're like, how are you single? By the way, I'm one of those people. And I'm just like, <laughs> I am single mm-hmm. on a, for a reason. Like yeah. I am not going to settle first of all. And I know Absolutely. so many of us aren't, and we are looking for that right person because you're right. We don't need a man. We just yeah. don't. I yeah. have a friend who's having a baby on her own. She did I um in vitro and like the whole thing. And I'm just like, I'm so proud of her. She has an amazing career. She's like killing it. She's like, no, I want a baby. I'm gonna do it. And like mm-hmm. the man will show up one day when he's ready, when he's yep. when it's good enough, you know? And that's the thing too. I really, really want to make sure like women are just so if you're, if you're thinking like, oh, I do need a man or I do need to settle or I do want to have kids and like I'm running out of time or all of these things that get you mixed up and settling for the wrong person, you don't really need to do that. But it's, yeah. I can, I mean, social conditioning, that's a hard thing to get out. 100%. <laughs> I mean, I know I felt that way. I'm from the Midwest. So my friends were, you know, starting to get married at 23. And I, I had, a, I remember I had a, I had a boyfriend at 26 that everyone's like, oh, you're going to marry him. And I just panicked. And I was like, I'm not ready for that. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I moved to New York and I was like, I need to figure my life out. And then that's where I really started to like a lot unfolded for me. I think what happens too, is women, you know, it's, we've, we've been hurt so many times that we mm-hmm. slowly close up shop, especially successful, smart women are like, yeah. I'm not down to, to open myself up to this pain again. And so oftentimes we can throw ourselves into work. We can throw ourselves into so many other things and um, to avoid, you know, it's like, I'm just, you know, and then it's like, well, there's no good men, all these things. And I was definitely one of those like career focused. I'm going to get to the top. Like I need to, you know, and, but then along the way, I realized I wasn't dating with strategy at all. Like here I am having a great strategy for my career and all this, you know, all this, you know, great insight. Yeah. But when it came to dating, I still hadn't worked through my self-worth issues. You know, a lot of women experience sexual assault. We have daddy mm-hmm. issues. We've got, you know, pains that we need to sort of address and understand what that's doing to us and where we're avoiding things or maybe where we're anxious about dating. And then I like to teach, you know, successful women, you can apply a very similar strategy from, you know, your work life to your dating life, but you have to date. You actually have to go on the dates. And so it's like, you have to do the research. And I always think the more, the more that you date, the more you're going to learn about yourself and the more you're going to learn about potential partners, because I sort of used to date with, of course, just like my intuition, which was totally messed up. Like I used to just, you know, let my lust or whatever run the show and I, I figured it out that I was continually attracted to the wrong type of guy. 
it was definitely recreating dynamics, which we often do of a parent, you know, um, I would have my people pleasing tendencies, all these things. And that's why I kept getting stuck with the wrong types of guys. And I needed to get very clear with myself on what I wanted, what I was doing to contribute to my situation. So how I was like, I was entertaining my, we call them the rosters. That is a losing strategy. I will tell you that. Um, you know, I was doing all of these sorts of things and not sort of addressing like, okay, I'm also not really letting anybody in or giving anyone a chance or getting clear on what I want. And, you know, for me, and I'm sure you might feel the same way. There were a lot of qualities about my father that I actually want in partner, you know? So, and then on the other flip side, I was like, okay. And I also know now there's there's qualities (laughs) that I really don't want in a partner. And we learned those things, but it was, you know, I, I really wanted to get clear. I had to get clear with myself and I had to admit to myself because I think I was one of the women that always said for decades, I'm never going to get married. I don't want a relationship. I'm, I'm cool. Like if it happens, it happens. Like I was very much like, I'm going to be too cool to, you know, to really dig in and and find out what I want because I'm afraid of getting hurt. And reading that book, which is so interesting, this, this Cinderella um, complex book, that the author actually talks about this dichotomy of women. And at that time, it was 1970 or 1980, yeah. So it was like women entering the workforce and very confused about their place in the world. But I still think that's valid. I think women yeah. still struggle. Like, you know, they, they, it's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, if you want to be a mother, if you want to be a working mom, if you don't, like, there's so many, you know, um, judgments on what a woman chooses to do. And it still is, it still is an interesting dichotomy. Like, well, can I be a successful woman and work and get married and have a partner and do all those same things? Mm-hmm. I think it's just getting clear with yourself on what that is that you want because you can have it. Yeah. And I think for me, it was accepting the fact that I actually did want a partner. Didn't mean that I needed a partner, but even the ability to say, I want a marriage. I want somebody that's, that I can rely on. And I sort of had to hit my own rock bottom to to yeah. find that moment, um, changed everything because then I'm like, okay, now that I know what I want, what the F have I been doing? You know, why it's like, it's like how, you know, what none of these behaviors that I'm exhibiting are going to get me to the result that I want. And so that's what I teach. You know, I have two workbooks that honestly, a lot of people can use and teach themselves. And I just went to, you know, I went to the, the pages and just wrote down everything that I did that worked to, to find my partner. And as soon as I sort of showed back up in the dating world in a different way, A, the men like you were talking about um, that were sort of like narcissistic, mm-hmm. you know, the ego, all this stuff, they showed themselves to me a lot quicker. So within right. a few dates, I was able to identify those characteristics. And I had a roadmap that I wrote out so that I could identify the men and the partners in some people that maybe... I initially wouldn't have picked, you know, it's so funny. Like my, my partner that I have now, I don't know if he was, he wasn't like this, like flashy douchey guy that I would have normally been interested in in my past. He was a little bit, you know, nerdier and, and more introverted and more, you know, just charismatic in our conversations. It was just slower. And I allowed myself to, date a lot again to see how I felt, you know, with that type of partner and really looking for, you know, him to demonstrate the qualities of the person that I want as a partner. And it's like, it's way more than just somebody's looks and their job and, you know, these superficial things that we sort of, obviously, you, you know, you learn on a dating app or you may learn in, you know, the first or second date. There's so much beyond that. And I think we get so sucked into this idea, like, after date one or two, I mean, I have clients that get, you know, so, you know, over-invested so soon. Right. And it's like, I always say, I'm like, treat it like, it is kind of like job interviews. Like you're interviewing people to be in the most important position in your life, your partner. So like, if you don't yeah. have that job description written out, if you don't know the qualities you're looking for, how are you going to identify that when you go out? Because it's too easy to get excited by a pretty face. It is oh. too easy. And you know, those guys... There's certain guys that know they're, you know, they, they're charming, they're practiced. They've done this before guys. Like they're not, they're not new. And so, and they're fun. And I always think too, like there's a time and place for that type of guy in your life, 
Mm-hmm. Just you have to know what phase you're in. And if you're out there enjoying and having fun and just going out and enjoy that, but you can't have those expectations that those relationships are going to become something. That's where you get like really stuck. And yeah. then but if you're really ready to date with a strategy, I like to teach logic plus lust. I'm like, you need both when yeah. you're dating. Cannot let <laughs> one side of you you know, run the show, you really have to approach it in a, in a strategic way. Yeah. But I think right now it's just, it's challenging. And I see women all the time that are like, you know, he, he seems so great. And then all of a sudden it's like X, Y, Z came out and someone can only hide their true self for so long. Mm-hmm. That's why I always say, like, if you, if you think you're dating slow, date even slower, like, you know, mm-hmm. slow things down, slow down the intensity, really use, you know, your logic to get to know people because, I don't even think that some men are aware of their misogynistic traits and qualities at this point. No, I so agree with that too. I think they're very like, wait, what? Like Mm -hmm. even this conversation this morning, seriously, he, he said, I didn't think I was coming on too strong. So I'm not sure what that means. I'm like, okay, you don't even see what you're doing wrong. Like, and that's fine, right? Because we're all learning, but I am so with you on the date slow thing. Um, I really, I don't know. I feel like you can, at least personally, I'll just speak personally, right? Personally, I can kind of send someone really quickly, but yes, like going on dates with them, you know, people are going to be nervous on that first date or they're going to say weird stuff or do stuff that they like never would have done before. Like allow for the strangeness to happen. Go on another date with them. I think the biggest thing, you know, I've had this struggle too, is it's either it's all lust or it's all logic. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, Ooh, I love that you said that it has to be both. And it does have to be both. You have to be attracted to someone like Mm -hmm. you could be friends with someone and not be dating or thinking about dating them. And then one day you're like, actually, you know what? You might be a really, I think I do like you. And that happens, Mm -hmm. but there has to always been something even subconsciously some lust, some attraction there. And that's the thing too. I, I hate, I don't want women to just be with the right guy quote, um, like the nice guy, the guy that they should be with because it's all good on paper and he's lovely to her and all of the stuff, but like, they're not attracted to them. I'm like, you're just with your friends, you know? And then you're going to feel antsy after so many years, you're going to be like, damn it. You know, and that's how affairs happen. So like, don't do that, (laughs) but but it's so hard to find both. So how do you suggest women once they've kind of, you know, ruled out the, the fuck boys basically is what we're trying to rule out here. Right. You know, like, and you're right. Like, you know, that guy who's super handsome and he looks amazing Mm -hmm. in every single picture, like so (laughs) suave, like, you know, he just, left his professional baseball career recently. Like, you know, the type, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like, don't, don't even like swipe on that person. Just let them keep going. But like, once they've really kind of figured out like, okay, I I'm good. I'm good. How, especially with dating apps, because maybe you see someone who's like, not so physically your type, but like not Mm -hmm. a bad looking person, but he's got all the qualities you're looking for, but you're not immediately like, Ooh, I want to kiss him. Like, what do you do? Do you swipe on that person or do you not? I think you should. And I think because again, it's important to investigate what we find attractive. Obviously there's conventionally, you know, attractive people. And we've all been in the movie star type, this tall, Mm -hmm. handsome guy. And the same thing, I mean, men look for the same thing in women. So we have to understand that this goes both ways, Yeah, but you have to be willing to accept an imperfect person and understand that these super hot guys or super hot girls, they're like the top 10%, right? And so they're going to date each other. They have a lot more optionality. They may not be looking to settle down as quickly. They're having, you know, whatever it is. And again, I don't like to judge, you know, not every attractive person is that way, but it's important for you to understand that your initial attraction is is made up of a lot of different things, right? It's, it's based on, you know, this kind of conventional attraction. It's based on, on your own attachment theory and, and your own attachment style. Mm-hmm. So there are so many subconscious reasons why you think you may and may not be attracted to somebody, honestly. So I always say you need to challenge your initial attraction to begin with. So if you're, 
out with somebody. That's why I say, you know, basically I would say you need to take, go on three dates with someone to even like understand what the heck's going on and how you like interact with that person, what you yeah. think about that person. These initial like moments, for instance, because you may have a spark with someone, but again, a lot of these like fuck boys, this is practice. Watch Fuckboy Island. Okay. Oh, my favorite guys. show. My favorite it's show, guys. You need to watch this show. But I'm like, you've got to watch these, these, it's it's part of the draw. They want to, they want you to fall. They want yes. you to feel special. They're doing all these things intentionally to get what they want. So you need to be smarter to see past that. And that's where you can't trust your first initial physical attraction all the time. So if you're overly attracted to somebody, that's probably a sign that it's going to like spark really big and then fizzle yep. out. Like something is going to, you know, happen. And again, we also, I think we all think that that's the spark that we want for a long-term relationship, but that's actually not, that's not going to, that doesn't give you any indication that that is going to be a long-term partner for you. You just yeah. think they're hot or sexy or you're attracted to something. It's fun. It's exciting, but that has nothing to do with who they are as a person. And so this is where I do believe, because I've experienced it, attraction can build with other people. But so if somebody's not your type, I think your type is a terrible thing to have. So if you have a type, you need to look at why you have that type, why you won't look outside that type. I've written a blog about it. So you can go to my website and read why your type might be keeping you single. Because if you're keeping yourself in this little box of this certain type, that type is probably recreating all of your toxic dynamics that you may not even be aware of. And yes. so... <laughs> You've got to come out of that shell and give someone else a chance. If you're ready for a committed relationship, you have got to understand that there is no perfect person out there that's going to just be like, walk up one day and show up in your life. Like, this is where you've got to look at real people, imperfect people, and let those people show up and be who they are. Don't make a judgment about them too soon. And what I like to do is focus on the qualities that you like about them. Because as an avoidant attached person, I used to go on dates and I will tell you, yes, you will immediately focus on the things that you don't like about them. What's imperfect to push them away, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, I don't like this. I don't like that. Usually it's physical. It's physical or it's like, you know, superficial. You right. don't know the meat of someone until you've seen them way past three dates. So what I like to say is, Focus on how you feel on the date, right? On how you physically feel, because we also want to pay yes. attention to how does your body feel? How are you responding to their energy? How does your conversation flow? Look at the person and identify the things that you do find attractive. That's the list to focus on and say, wow, I'm really interested in this. He has a lot to say. He's, you know, and then you'll start to notice things. But if you're going in on the defense, already assuming that he's not good enough, you're going to, it's so easy to weed people out. And that is how we keep people away from us. And so you have to sit with that discomfort. He's going to see your, your flaws and you're going to see his, that is a true partner. And so you need to think about, notice the things that you like about them physically, notice the things that they do that make you feel special or that you really enjoy. And my like golden rule, at least for the first three dates is you should be asking yourself really nothing else except this at the end of the date it's like am I curious to know more like am I curious that's it it's not is he is he does he meet my checklist all these things like blah blah as yeah. long as you're seeing some of the traits that you like you know and you're like okay I see some value alignment here we both kind of want the same things like those first three dates you're learning some of those things about each other right and then you're like I'm curious to know more and you'll start to get comfortable with each other. And then you're going to start to, the conversations are going to flow and attraction builds from that point. And so I think we shut ourselves down so much because we don't find someone like physically attractive, but that's how like funny short guys end up with hot girls. Like, because they so have personalities, you know, it's like, yeah. but you have to let them in and understand that it's up to you to decide if you want to wait for Mr. Perfect, you're going to be waiting a long ass time. And you're not perfect either. So let someone in that's a little bit different. And I think you'll be surprised. And I think that's why people end up realizing that they have feelings for a friend that they didn't look at romantically for so long. Yeah. It's because we go in with all these expectations. But if you can remove those and just get to know the person in front of you, who they are, what they're about, that's the, those are the things you need to know. You need to understand their morals, their values, you know, do, does what you want align? That's right. huge. And again, I know people lie. So that's a big one. Women are like, men lie, but I will give you some advice. 
that my actual fiance gave me because he, we were both actively dating, very open and honest with each other when we met that we were doing that. He was dating other people. I was dating other people. And the one thing he noticed as a man was when he would tell a woman that he wanted a serious relationship, he was looking for a serious relationship. The women, I think all of a sudden assumed that it was with them, that that was like a green light. Oh, yeah. And so I think then women, the other women that dated sort of started to try to push the relationship too quickly or, you know, sort of like over invest too soon. And that's kind of a red flag for a guy because he also wants to feel special. Like you've chosen him as a partner because of who he is, not because he's just insert partner here. I'm a, you know, man that's available. So it's really important to think about those things. And that's why I'm like, just slow way down. Yeah. And I think in this process, when you move slow, you make space to be able to talk about the things that you want communicate your needs and also to, to check someone when they, when they say things that you don't agree with, like you need to start to see how he reacts when you set a boundary or when you say like, I'm not comfortable with that. Or when you say like, you know, we, we might have, we might not be aligned here. Like, let's talk through this. Like you're learning how this person is going to be as a long-term partner. And that's the foundation that you need. If you truly want to go the distance, it's not the hot, you know, the hot, sexy moment, you know, it's, it's really truly in the details of who somebody is. And that's where, you know, in my workbooks that I talk about getting really aligned on who that person is that you're looking for. And it's not about him. You know, you can change the way a man dresses, you can change his shoes. He can cut his hair. Right. Can, I mean, those things are not important. I will tell you like my, yeah. my mother, my mother dressed my father his entire life. And he literally was like, I don't care. Like, you know, yeah. and he still does it. It still happens to this day. And he's like, it makes her happy. Cool. <laughs> but so you can change certain things and you need to understand the difference of, yeah. of what you can influence as a woman and what's important to you. Because if somebody realizes it's important to you that he wears nicer shoes, then great. He'll, he'll right. do it. Right. Not You're not going to get this like perfectly polished man. And I think that's where successful women are looking for the version of themselves out there. And those are very few and far between, you know, a guy that's got, you know, got the fashion sense down and the job and the, I mean, it's a lot right. to ask. So, you know, find the personality in someone, but again, the more time you spend with them is where you're going to see the red flags start to come out, you know, and, and when you push, you know, when you don't push intimacy too soon, you don't get sexual with people too soon, you're going to start to see what they're really in it for. And right. I mean, I always say like, how long can a man really hide his true, his true self? Probably a month, maybe a little bit longer. I don't know. I mean, and you yeah. make it played, it's going to happen. <laughs> but I feel like you can really, if you're paying attention, the red flags show, but it's when you get stuck in this little love bubble in your head where you mm-hmm. just decided that this guy's amazing and he's it. And you've lost all sense of logic. You yep. must just take it over and you cannot see through it. And that's how we get hurt. It's so true. And also, I want to go back to just like saying what you need, putting up your, you know, not putting up, but like putting your boundaries down and Mm -hmm. talking about the hard stuff. You can only really do that with someone that you're starting to feel comfortable with. And that is something that to me is a huge red flag that the relationship isn't working is if you feel like you can't say something. Yes, absolutely. Have already been projecting things to you that even you're just subconsciously picking up, and you're like, Mm -hmm. "Ooh, I just, I, I want to say something, but I'm just, I'm afraid I'm going to lose him, or something is going bad is going to happen." Girl, he's not your guy. Yeah, Yeah, he's not yours. (laughs) That's not your guy. We, again, when we let that, like that, like lust take over, we overcompensate. And so when you're not clear about your boundaries, you will press them when you're, you know, when you're in an uncomfortable position or you don't want to lose somebody or whatever it is, but that's Mm -hmm. coming from a lack of place. And men, that type of man is not going to respect you anyways. So if you let him walk all over you, you're losing. So it's important because I, and I was kind of this chill, cool girl. And again, I think my content sort of gets misconstrued sometime you can be chill and have boundaries right like you don't have to be like an intense like boss woman but when I say chill girl I mean someone who was like go with the flow whatever he says uh, whatever you know because I just I don't want to press it but men will tell you right off the bat you know they they don't want a relationship they're not that type of guy like certain things and you're not listening like I wasn't listening 
I was still trying to push them into things or manipulate it or change it, right. or show them how great I was and they're never going to see it. And ultimately right. it was, it's the first step in my attract commitment workbook was like draw the line in the sand. Like you have to be done with that mm-hmm. and know that if you're entertaining a man like that, he is holding up someone else's spot. Like he, and you can't keep him there as like, oh, oh, maybe and I'll keep dating because he is holding up that energy that is for your partner. And if someone's in that spot, your partner is not coming in to, to claim their spot. Like you have yeah. to be so comfortable and confident to say, I trust that my person's out there. I'm going to find them. I'm going to date with strategy and I'm going to be patient. And, and it may take a while, you know, but it also goes back to like dating sometimes there has to be a hustle for some of us to get there. You may have to date a lot and the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. The more you'll be able to sniff and and, and out the, you know, and suss out the red flags quicker Mm -hmm. and, and it's okay. But I think the hardest thing I think for women right now, especially the successful women is this is, is sort of showing up to dating with that same energy as we do for work, you know, and of course, if we have a dating strategy, like I know what I'm doing, I'm going to show up like, here we go. And I have yeah. to pull my clients back sometimes to say, be like the onion, let him un- let him peel you open a little bit. Don't throw it out on the table Please and don't. just, <laughs> and just sit back a little bit and receive, like, let him lead. Yes. Like, this is where you're sussing him out to see what actions is he going to take? How is he going to, you know, play this? to play games but it's just like i'm curious again like play the curious cat and you're going to start to see things unfold before you when you're not trying to push or manipulate or like make things happen you just have to let them happen and that is the hardest part about strong successful women because we don't we don't like to sit back and like let things happen it should happen right you've got to be able to like embrace that you know, sort of softer feminine side to just say, I'm curious, like, I'm going to see what he does here. And that doesn't mean disengage. That doesn't mean don't text first. That doesn't mean any of those things. You can still just be authentic to yourself, Yeah. but just slow down, like sit back. And I think what happens is we just struggle sitting in that discomfort. Yes. Oh, that is so true because most, okay. So listen, old school, old school, feminine, masculine woman, Pat Allen, like came out with yes. all of this stuff, like gazillions of years ago. And like, she is so, so accurate still. Like we're always in our masculine when we're at work, right? When we're getting what we want, we are in our masculine, but like those women who are successful, who are constantly like, go, go, go hustle. We do have such a hard time leaning back and allowing to, re- we're, we have a hard time receiving. That's the thing I've yes. been working on this whole year is just like, letting myself receive, allowing receiving to happen, allowing people to, you know, give to me and Mm -hmm. letting myself just be, this is it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, I think you're so, so spot on with giving way too much information at first Mm -hmm. girls, ladies, women, please hold back. Like that is when you should be chill. You should just chill the fuck out. Just like, there's a little bit about me. Go ahead and talk. And men will talk. Now, first of all, if they're just going to talk forever and you never get a chance to speak, that's a whole other thing. (laughs) We got to talk about that. But like, you know, that's, that's not a good sign, but like, no, let them say, because men are so transparent in the beginning, even if they're trying to play some sort of game, they will tell you who they are. Oh my God. That is the time you listen. You're like, oh, you don't want kids and you don't want to get married. Okay. All right. Cool. And then you say, we don't want the same things. Nice to meet you. Bye. Like that's what you say. Exactly. Exactly. I, 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 yeah, I just think that we have to remember, even when you're in your masculine and you're like a boss bitch in your own life and you don't need a man, a man still needs to feel wanted. Mm-hmm. And so he needs to have a place in your life. So you have to let him have one. And that is, I think, the yes. hardest thing when you are super independent, this hyper independence. Mm-hmm. But I, like, I teach this like philosophy and I know we all talk about like, being a queen, like we're all queens, but it's truly like, think about being like a real queen right? Like a real queen lets people come in and do their jobs, do their roles. And like, is confident in her position, right? Mm-hmm. You need to let him come in and do things for you and, you know, and plan things for you and be masculine. Because if you shut down his masculine, there yeah. is, he is not going to feel 
like that, that, that connection with you. And so, right. you know, like I, I feel like very like right up front, it's important to be honest. Like when my, I met my fiance, I was, I had a new job. I was super busy, super stressed, but I was curious. I wanted to get to know him. And I said it right up front. I said, listen, I'm so sorry. I have a new job. I, I don't want you to think that I'm uninterested. I just don't have time to like chat or, or plan any dates. So I would really appreciate it if you took the lead on that. And, you know, I know that like, he was like, heard it, got it. So when he would go to plan a date, he would usually like, Hey, here's some options. What would you like to go X, Y, Z. And so men are so much easier than we think. It's just tell them what you want and see how they react. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, you're going to get a lot farther to see how they're reacting to you. But yeah. it's the, the pushing, I think, because, and I always say this to clients, we, we get so excited about wanting uh, a relationship, marriage, kids, all these things that we are pushing relationships that may not be meant to be pushed. So you have to just sit in the moment and be calm through that initial dating stage. And you have to be able to have those tough conversations with him. You need to see how you guys interact and how you handle conflict or, you know, know, mishaps, all those things are going to happen. That's what you're looking at to see. And then after a certain point, right? Like you dated enough, you're then going to graduate and say like, let's move this into a committed relationship. And you need to be comfortable with that conversation as well. Because even if things are going great, you don't want to go through that. And I hate even, I don't even like to talk about a talking stage. I don't, I don't even say that. I don't understand what that is. There's an initial dating stage. And then you graduate and you commit. And until you commit, you should assume that you're both seeing other people and you should see other people. And so you have to decide what you're comfortable with when it comes to like moving things forward, you know, sex. And that's another thing with this like culture we're in. A lot of Mm -hmm. people think three dates, let's have sex, whatever. Um, And a lot of men will pressure you at that point. And then you're going to start to see what he's really in, in, what he's really in for. And so, you know, it's just, slow down and wait. And I think in this culture, those, the, the, the men that you want, it's, it's just, you've got to go find them. You've got to get them out of their shells. You've got to, you know, you've got to put the work in too. And these misogynistic assholes are gonna, I mean, hopefully they're going to, you know, weed themselves out I and know, I hope so. call them on their shit. Like, honestly, you need to call people on their shit. And I've done it so many times and they need to hear it. They need to hear from you and you need to tell them exactly how you feel and be willing to walk away. And it's so empowering when you do, you know, you're like, shit, I just did that. I just stood up for myself. I told this person what was wrong, what they were doing wrong, and it's not okay. And you are so empowered to just go forth and date stronger, you know? And I also love what you were saying too, is like, give men a chance to be basically men, let them plan the dates, you know, don't think, oh, well, it's, it's gotta be equal. It has to be 50, 50. Like, no, like give them a job. Like men love to be given a task. They do. They love it. I, there was this one time. I love this story. I wish I could relive this memory, like in real life again, I had a ton of luggage with me and it was for an award show. And I walked into this huge, like arena and I was just like, and someone was like, yeah, you, you're, you're right up here, up those stairs. I'm like, is there an oh elevator? God. And they're like, no. And I'm like, I literally dropped my stuff. And I saw all these guys like, you know, trying to put the stage together. And I was like, can I get a man to help me? And do you know, these guys dropped what they were doing and came right over to me and were like, sure. What do you need? What do you need? They love, they love helping. They do. Yeah. Women, we love to care. We want to help and care and do the nurturing and all this stuff. We have our things that we love to do. Now, mind you, this is not about being male or female. This is about the masculine or the feminine and where you kind of like vibrate from, right? But in a, in a like, you know, straight relationship, most men are kind of, kind of like gear more on the masculine and women are going to gear more on the feminine. That's just using as an example, but seriously, give them a task. So that yes. that way, when they need the nurture, when they need the caring, um, I don't know if you watch the show, but I, I love Married at First Sight. And I just started. Oh, how, I haven't watched it. I, oh, it's on my list. I it love just started. It, it just started. And it was so sweet. This one guy, they're at their wedding and he's cold. He's like a really tall, like thin sort of dude. And he's just cold. It was like a cold night. You can, you can tell people are freezing. And his wife is like, you know, waving over to someone. She's like, can I get a heater over here? My man's cold. And man, his face just lit 
up because he felt cared for. He felt Mm -hmm. loved. He felt seen. And he said that. And I was like, it is the little things. It's how we can show our appreciation, you know? Yeah. And like, if it's you're about doing, balance, mm-hmm, you know, it is about like, balance. I think that's where we, like, I always say like, no matter your, your gender, right. The gender, like, you know, or your partner, you want to think about where you sit on like the masculine feminine scale and you need someone to balance you out. I think the yeah. best, best dynamic is somebody finding a partner that's comfortable ebbing and flowing with you. So for me, like I know when I need to be in my feminine with my partner, when I need to be in my masculine. And I think once we got past that, those initial dating phase, that initial dating phase, we were able to like ebb and flow with each other. Now, some people aren't comfortable ebb and flowing. And I think some, and a whole other topic that we could talk about is being comfortable with a man swinging into his feminine as well. And you yeah. sort of ebbing and flowing because we talk about toxic masculinity, but we also then have to have space for men to have a more soft, vulnerable side. And so, and we can't judge them for that, you know? And so that is truly getting comfortable with our own idea of masculinity. And I talk about this always because I'm like, I look at you as so strong and sometimes he can't be strong and I need to be strong for, you know, for us. And so it's ebbing and flowing in that, but just remembering the way that you show up if you are putting on that most masculine self, because you're most of the time for women, it's because we don't want to be vulnerable and we want to be impenetrable. We're like, I'm so tough. You can't hurt me. Mm-hmm. And then that's going to, your, your, your energies are just going to deflect. And so right. it's like a shield. And so you have to be able to pull that, that shield down and let somebody in yeah. um, and, and play with those energies. But, you know, you have to let a man be a man, you know, that's just a part of it. And hopefully mm-hmm. you'll find somebody that balances you out, you know, but yeah. I think, these days, more than ever, it's important to understand, you know, people's morals and values as women, you know, a lot of scary stuff is going on out there. And you need to make sure that you have a partner who truly supports your, you know, your safety, your security, your rights. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things. And I've had women say, how do you, how do you know if, you know, if he, if he supports your rights or how do I know? And I'm like, well, it's kind of clear. Um, usually um, if you ask political affiliations, not always though. Um, but these days it's getting pretty, pretty black and white, unfortunately, for a lot of women. So you need to have those tough conversations with people. I mean, yeah. to, to ask those important questions because of committing your life to somebody, this is the person that's going to be by your side, you know, yeah. that's going to hopefully take care of you through, you can take care of each other. And you need to know that like those really important things align. So I always say, I think there's like a lot of research out there. It sounds like you know, marriage values, family values, like do you both want kids, um, right. you know, your actual, like your, your drinking habits, your you know, drinking habits, drug habits, all those sorts yeah. of things, financial habits. Those are things that are going to really look for, like make you compatible or could make it Absolutely. Lisa, you're the best. You come on again. Let's do another podcast. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> We've got so much we can talk about. Like, I've got <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Tell people how they can find you. Yes, absolutely. So I am um, at LBL It Up on um, Instagram, TikTok, and you can visit my website, lblitup.com, to find out all my good goodies um, there. Yay! And everything will be in the show notes. Just click on those links. Thank yes. you so much. This was so much fun. This was so much fun. We have to do it again. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. Make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review. We really rely on this to help get the podcast out there. Also, make sure to watch the video version on YouTube at That Girl the Podcast.